Marvel Film and Television Community. My name is Matt, joining me once again is the man who says hubba bubba to the siren of the Strategic Scientific Reserve, it's Pete. What's buzzing, cousin? Hey, Matt. New hairstyle? The Agent Carter Rodeo Program by Fantastic Geek for episode 201, The Lady in the Lake, is brought to you by Stark Productions' new spy picture, The British are coming! Coming soon. It's like going to be a movie with all the characters that you know just back for a different adventure which certainly seems apropos pete glad to be back finally the show the audience saved agent carter has returned in this segment we run down the top stories of the episode and give you the latest and greatest the need to know pete let's start with the hat yeah, uh, walking the wrong way, Matt, which is a clear giveaway. And you know, you know, if only people hadn't been watching, um, you know, a, a really nice, uh, informative DVD extra style uh, show before, and had a lot of this sequence, uh, like yourself, spoiled. I mean, me, spoiler Pete. Come on, I was part of this sequence. You play guy with the hat number twelve. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sure enough, we think it's old AC, but instead it's Dottie. And uh, as as prognosticated by that uh, Captain America special, which at least uh, aired here in these United States. Side note, Pete, glad that uh, the UK will be joining us uh, this season and not waiting until the summer for Agent Carter Series 2. Uh, but Pete, where is Dottie headed? She is headed into the bank here. Turns out she's making a withdrawal, which is apparently also code for robbery. Safety box 143 instructs the guy there. If you turn the handle to the left, you're going to set off the alarm. Uh, but show some manners, help out the geezer. And sure enough, who's inside the vault waiting for old Dottie, but old Peggy great introduction there great way to really literally insert her into the action and uh pete meanwhile out in the lobby thompson is there too it looks like a rousing success there won't be any fight here at all everybody's just going to come quietly right yeah uh except for the fact that uh dotty in her best uh agent carter get up has it out with the actual agent carter uh, lots of fists a flying before she gets some coins to the dome. <laughs> Indeed. Again, kind of spoiled by that Captain America special, but it's nonetheless a great capper to end Dottie taken down by the money she what come came to steal. Love the hat. Pete, we get the title card. We're back in action now, and then off to some films of old Hollywood Los Angeles, 1947, which of course is a great way to set the tone. And Pete, who's listening to the old radio? Not not Fantastic Geek on the radio, but who's listening to the radio? That was Sousa there with the Don't Fence Me In in the background. Uh, gets out of the car, and a uh, guy explains to him what's going on here uh, with the cold. And he's got a cold. 
Yeah, some nice little hints here for uh, for our FBI agent. Uh, I'll admit, Pete, we're we're pretty used to finding those uh, those Chekhov's guns and those Chekhov's this and those Chekhov's that. But uh, Chekhov's cold. Chekhov's cold. Got you know, it snuck past me in the beginning. Maybe Pete, because it's the hottest day of the year. Yes, and the fact that we get the exposition of six months ago in L.A. Uh, the lady in the lake, two bodies recovered here in Echo Lake. Uh, Sousa, having been in town now for six months, we're getting caught up. Hottest day of the year and all. And uh, yeah, what do you know? Things are not as they seem, but we see this uh, frozen lake uh, and the ice cube with the body in it off to the side great image there too i have no idea how much that ice would weigh i mean my estimate would be half a ton a ton something like that really uh really encompassing image there but of course pete it wasn't entirely clear where peggy was at the start of the show this is where it becomes clear back in new york city peggy is interrogating dotty and uh asking if all her handlers in russia are those, you know, commies scum because it's 1947, Pete. A whole year has gone by. Meh, commies. <laughs> and the demands. And I love how uh, Dottie calls Peggy out over this, you know, shifting out of her uh, English into her Russian accent. You know, she expected more. But Peggy lays it on the line here, uh, knows about her fear. And as uh, she undone, undoes the cuffs here, shows her the pin that was in box 143. We'll talk a little bit about what that pin might be in our classified top secrets segment a little bit later. But Pete, of course, you and I aren't the only two goons watching. Behind the mirror, there are two SSR goons itching to watch a fight between the two of them. And Thompson, that that fair-haired wonder, actually shushes them. And I said to myself, Pete, are we going to see a new Thompson? You know, <laughs> a bit of a surprise that they brought back Thompson and Sousa. Things settling into place here. Clearly, Sousa on the West Coast. Or Coast, we're about to get his uh, his title mentioned shortly. Thompson, where we left off, in charge of uh, the New York office. Okay, kind of getting get, getting a sense of where things are up to a year later. Looks like Thompson is a good guy now. Hooray, equality. Oh, not so fast. But uh, Dottie explains that she and Peggy both know there are currencies stronger than money. It's at this point that Chief Sousa reaches out to Chief Thompson about the mystery uh, going on the left coast. Indeed. He's got a homicide dick. Uh, and uh, Thompson is confident he's got just the man for him, or maybe. <laughs> Indeed, might be a whoa man. So Pete, West Coast, East Coast, which one are you? East Coast, baby. Well, we got to go from the East Coast to the West Coast, and this sure is handy since, of course, Pete, the Trans Coast flight on TWA it only requires like two or three stops between New York and Los Angeles. I'm sure it was great fun back then. I yeah. mean now, in the now time, because it's 1947. With the Indiana Jones montage there and suddenly getting off that TWA uh, plane is Peggy greeted by an old pal under an umbrella in one Edwin Jarvis, who's also got a flamingo in the card, 
meet Bernard Stark, the newest member of the Stark menagerie. Just going to throw out a quick theory. Indiana Jones, Agent Carter crossover, question mark. Let's file that one away under season three. <laughs> but you're right, Pete. There is also that lovely flamingo. And uh, there's just something so quintessentially, quintessentially English about Bernard. Pronouncing Bernard, Bernard. It's just, if that's not the most Englishly English that ever Englished, I don't know what is. Act two, Matt, and where's Howard? He's a recurring cast member, not part of the main cast. So, of course, he's not here, but they're driving. And Pete, what do you talk about when you're in L.A.? When you're a real L.A. kind of guy, as Jarvis is, what are the things you talk about? Well, you talk about the missing. You actually, Matt, you preach about the missing Howard Stark's new hobby with his studio. He fancies, fancies himself a Cecil B. DeMille. Peggy's confident he's more of a fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> so you, when you're in L.A., you talk about the movie business. Check. What else do you talk about, Pete? Well, you know, they could talk about the giant pink box in the back of the car <laughs> containing the flamingo, but, you know, that would be too direct. Well, instead they talk about the heat, the driving. Yes. There's so many people on the road. And I'm sitting going, this is the most L.A. conversation ever. Next stop, we're going to be talking about What's the best pre-daycare to get your kid into so they can get into the right daycare so they can get into the right pre-K so they can get to the right high, uh, you know, kindergarten? It's so L.A., Pete, even back in 1947. How much should I spend on my child's first birthday party? The answer is as much as everybody else did plus a little bit more. But, Pete, all of this has left Jarvis profoundly and exhaustively bored here he's a man misused pete i bet old peggy carter's gonna gonna just kind of kind of i don't know start his engine roaring she has that effect on people meanwhile at the arback talent agency here uh we're greeted with another familiar face in a more expanded role matt say hello again to rose really really nice that they got this actress back great sense of continuity um, it's a larger cast this season than last season. Um, but despite that, despite the more episodes and the more chills, the more thrills, the more action, uh, the more story, there's still time here to bring back that, that I, I dare say minorly iconic character. She was of yeah. course the, oh, yeah. on the phone button pushing secret door lady. So great to see Rose back. And she's taken up surfing. <laughs> Which I I look forward to the Marvel uh, one shot comic book or I guess DVD <laughs> extra Rose's surf lesson. Yes, but uh, you know you go into this cabinet. It's the R on the S cabinet, and boom, uh, you are inside SSR West. And uh, nice kind of reveal there. She gets to the main floor. There is one gentleman in the background who gives her the old. Hey, hello, I, from the behind. But, uh, Pete, they didn't know to be respectful back then. Um, but most surprised, though, was Sousa, who clearly didn't know that she was the man being sent. Um, I like that he hides it nicely. It's They, they kind of don't go for the broad strokes, which are no longer appropriate, that we had at the beginning of last season, where it's like, what, a girl who wants to do things more than serve the, the coffee? 
they clearly have a past, these two characters, and he's he's treating her as the professional equal. We know she is. A past in the future of the past we have not seen, but heavily hinted at here. Uh, calls not returned. A three-hour time difference is a lifetime, Matt. It is. That's... It. I, I guess she didn't know she was getting the runaround. I dare say Peggy Carter has never not had a call returned from a gentleman uh, before us. So that probably was quite quite a shock, but it speaks Pete to the implied character moments touching on passions unspoken, but interrupted just in time by our new LAPD friend, I'm sure is going to be a retur- recurring character <laughs> all 10 episodes. You know, the, the, the kind of yin to Seuss's yang. And there he is. Oh, he's a little sweaty, too, because he's been getting the files and such. Detective Andrew Henry here explains there's been another incident. Uh, the lake was caused to freeze here. Uh, the first step, Peggy's confident here, is returning um, or determining, I should say, um, if they are even the same crime uh, with the coroner uh, looking over the frozen corpse of one Jane Scott, uh, only beginning to thaw. She has stab wounds consistent with the lady in the lake murderer. However, uh, the shoes are on the wrong feet, which was one of the hallmarks never released to the paper. But Matt, you know what else isn't known? That she glows. There you go. Fetch your chisel. Pete, Act 3, we deal with Dr. Sciency Sciencerton, also called Dr. Samberly by, you know, his given name. He's all cranky that he doesn't get asked out for drinks. Wait, Pete, maybe he's the Agent Carter of this season that was last season overlooked and underappreciated. Oh, or we'll just steamroll on through. He explains that uh, the production of uranium might make her glow. That means she either is uh, at Tennessee or Pasadena. Which one could it be out of the L.A. office beat? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, whatchamacallit is up in uh, Pasadena. Isodyne. Oh, no, no. There's the other one, too. Uh, the real world analog. Uh, I can't remember the name, but uh, she's been near a particle accelerator is what uh, the upshot is. Isodyne energy, our fictional counterpart. Um and the doctor who is uh, walking us through here had applied there. And what do you know? Oh, he winds up working for the SSR. Um, there at reception at Isodyne, uh, Henry is impatient, wondering why they are pussyfooting around. Uh, Carter asks to go to the restroom from reception after she sees a guy use technology from the 1980s in a key card to get into uh, a secure area and what do you know she bumps into him and away we go that's how advanced they are pete at isodyne they have security measures 35 years ahead of where they're at <laughs> um this scene is a great example of the little extra the, the 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 little extra layer of humor that there is in this season versus last season this secretary who is almost not quite monotonously repeating you know that can I help you with anything else? Can I help you with anything else? It's it's slightly outside of reality. They've affected it for comedic purposes, whether it's that, whether it's some of the Jarvis and Peggy stuff that we've had, that we will have. There's just that little extra kind of kind of 
mayonnaise layer of humor and it really it it, it really stands out in this scene and in other scenes and of course uh it all it all feeds the story because uh Peggy is now behind the scenes and uh she walks for about 2 seconds Pete until a mystery man who's awfully smart and makes ethanol proves his smarts by making ethanol and using big sciencey words and stuff and things want to be thunderstruck watch a guy turn uh pink liquid into wine <laughs> indeed <laughs> indeed Pete I, he also may have some ulterior motives like turning uh, dresses worn into clumped uh, clothings on the floor. But that's a story for another day. Uh, he knows the victim, however, Jane Scott. We get her name here, what happened to her. She was a particle physician. There were all sorts of rumors he doesn't like to participate in, of course. But let's just say that she was close with the owner of Isodyne, Calvin Chadwick. Oh, like she stood in proximity to him? A little bit more than that, perhaps with or without clothing. Uh, oh, oh my. Well, it's around this point, Pete, where Peggy gets kicked out. But look, usually for these podcasts, Pete, I'm the first one to say, come on, can't you come up with better ways of exposition to introduce information to the audience that we need to have introduced? But, you know, people don't just sit around and randomly share this stuff. No, no, Pete. Fazekas and Butters, they're running a smart show. This is the opportunity for Dr. Wilkes to hand Peggy his card, which says Dr. Wil Wilkes, and she <laughs> says it out loud so everyone at home knows his name. You Dr. Get the, Jason Wilkes. You get the coveted thumbs up for hidden exposition from me. That's the only award you need, show. And then we put uh, Chadwick uh, on the board there. Uh, but there's another guy that they're looking at who doesn't look like Chadwick, uh, who is running for Senate here, Matt. Certainly mystery abounds there. And uh, Pete, I have to point out that this uh, uh, Los Angeles headquarters looks an awful lot like the New York City headquarters set. Same like... layout, you know, they're awful cookie cutter there at the SSR. I mean, you couldn't like, you couldn't change a wall for where like Sousa's office is in regards to in relation rather to to where Shay's office was last season. But oh well, Pete, we're gonna look over the old FBI guys' files to get some more stuff. If the biggest quibble we have is reuse of sets for the the show that dared not be canceled, I guess uh, we're doing pretty good indeed. Yes, and uh, Sousa sends uh, Carter to the racetrack. Uh, El Lobo in the fourth race there, Matt. Pete, the story moves, as Jarvis does, back with Peggy to Stark Manor, at least as I'm calling it, and we finally get to meet Mrs. Jarvis for the very first time. She's very huggy and smoochy in a kind of familiar European way that uh, is a little shocking for 1947 eyes. Um, but Mrs. Jarvis has come up with some odds and ends for the undercover bit to be born at the racetrack, including Pete, if we can say such a thing on the radio, a garter belt, which can also hold a pistola. I only hope that the uh, the standards and practices let that go. It's. I don't think we need to discuss how it is that a lady keeps up her uh, her 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 stocking bits. There, it's it's quite indecent. Let's move on, Pete. 
at the racetrack, we get to meet Mr. Chadwick and his wife, Whitney Frost. They're very, very West Coast Pete. They don't share a last name despite being married. Um, maybe because she's an actress. Okay. But still, it is kind of, it's, it's kind of pushing the envelope here. It is. I mean, we went from one risque topic just to the other. Uh, Jarvis, whose middle name is Charming, working on Frost here, dangling the idea of a part in a stark picture. Um, An anglicized, uh, Americanized accent there for Peggy working on uh, Chadwick. Yeah, didn't quite know what was benefited from the accent change. Other, I mean, surely there are British people living in Los Angeles who can still be in support of Senate candidates. But if it was the way to show she's undercover and quick on the fly and all that, okay, okay that works. Uh, I do like the duality, Jarvis with Whitney and Peggy with, uh, with uh, Chadwick, kind of, you know, a team there splitting things up. And uh, But Pete, bad news, their horse hasn't come in. Because after Chadwick hears that Jane Scott is dead, he uh, he promptly ends the conversation. Yeah, uh, and she drops, Peggy drops the ruse there. He wants to know if this is SSR protocol to surprise uh, people with details they did not yet know. Uh, she wants to know if his wife knows he was having an affair, something that comes up a couple times here. Uh, the British are coming, Matt. Jarvis and Carter. Um, Carter wants a complete list of em- of employees from Mr. Chadwick, and with the horse having lost, they'll be in touch. So wait, the British are coming is also a self-referential thing. Good job, writers. Act four, Pete, in this show not dead on its feet, although we are back to the coroner, and it still is very, very cold in there. So cold, Pete. Update about Doctor Meltzer. He's frozen and falls all to bits using a digital effect that I think we've seen before on Shield. Oh my! What a what a name there, Meltzer. Um, we go back to Dottie and Jack with the stick and a carrot. Um, funny to think that it's been 24 hours. She hasn't had her phone call yet, and Peggy's already had so much of her adventure out west. Didn't quite line up for me and took me out of the scene just the littlest bit. Well, I'll tell you what took me out of the scene, Pete. Um, he walks in with, you kind of see, you know, the, the vegetable, and you see a piece of wood. And then he describes how... This relates to the metaphor of the carrot and the stick. And then he throws the carrot away because with the commies, the carrot has been killed. I need some explanation on that. So then he throws the carrot away and then he throws the stick away. And then he uncuffs this person who we've seen is very strong. And because he's dumb, (laughs) he gets the table piled on him. So the whole scene for me did not work. Well, let me let me walk you back from the ledge on the carrot and the stick. This was done by Thompson in the first season, and he's explaining the bit that he had with then SSR chief. Dooley. Yeah, Roger Dooley. And uh, explaining that Dooley was the carrot and Thompson, as we've seen, could be the rough one, the stick beating people around oh so i i guess i'm just being obtuse it was literally a case that the commies killed the carrot in that situation which was duly 
I was I I was with the show for all those pieces, but somehow they brought it on home and I was I was I was stranded on third, as you might say, for the bases ball. But Donnie wants to know where Peggy is, and uh Thompson explains she's not a new case. Your yesterday's news. And uh, once he's got the desk sitting on his neck there, um, he gets bailed out. But it's the idea here. Uh, she explains, you're too easy. We need Peggy. Back in Los Angeles, Dr. Wilkes is shocked by all the pieces at the coroner. And meanwhile, Detective Henry, who once again is sweaty and hot, he goes to get a drink of water and... As it freezes, Pete, it's a nice reveal because it's not completely clear who is doing this because right. Wilkes walks through the door and then there's the reveal. It is Detective Henry himself who is is the ice man amidst all these mavericks. <laughs> Easy there with ice man, Matt. We don't want fox all over us. I, I meant the other kind of ice man. <laughs> and heck, in this in this particular scene, Dr. Wilkes, he's the goose. Yeah, uh, but Henry winds up abducting Dr. Wilkes, who uh, is going to fix him as we end this fourth act. Pete, back in New York City, as, as we return from the act break, it looks like Dottie is about to melt, at least in the metaphorical sense. But uh, uh, Thompson is now being outmaneuvered by the FBI. Oh, we were so close, Pete, to hearing more about that pin. I wonder if we'll hear more in the future. But uh, now Thompson uh, is uh, has to give her up to the FBI there, along with uh, beloved actor Kurtwood Smith. Yes, playing uh, yet unnamed, soon to be known as Vernon Masters. Uh, Angles in here, and uh, you know he'll always be the dad from the '70s show from for me, or uh, also the bad guy from RoboCop. <laughs> Or the president of the Federation from Star Trek six. There you go. There you go. Uh, But the idea that the FBI has uh, dropped in Dottie is whisked away. Uh, Tell Peggy I said bye. Back we go to Peggy. Uh, They found Henry's car and uh, he and Wilkes are gone nonetheless. And uh, by the way, quite a, Quite a dress Peggy is wearing. We'll just leave it at that. Just want to say thumbs up to the old costume department. We appreciate your wonderful work. Well, when um, you got to hide your gun there in your garter, you got to be outfitted as such. Absolutely. Uh, Jarvis is left to wait uh, for the police while, uh, you know, or meanwhile, rather, Henry tells Wilkes that uh, he's he, Henry, Detective Henry, is a good guy. And uh, a scuffle or two later, uh, Henry has the gun to Seuss's uh, head to end the act. And Pete, this was such a short act with such a quick act break. I almost wonder if this was not a scripted act break. It was just a moment of tension. And they said, look, more commercials. I Yeah, I, I don't think it was. And we've seen this when Carter and S.H.I.E.L.D. have aired two episodes back to back where they get these funny little breaks. So not a true act. We were 49 minutes into the hour where we're coming back. And of course, Matt, you get the drop on somebody and you've got strange freezing syndrome. Of course, the gun's not going to fire. Pete, it happens to everybody from time to time when your freezing poison is slowly taking over. 
the gun just won't work. But what does work is the nice use of practical effects here. Uh, at least I think it was practical. Perhaps it was digital. But he is more and more icy with each shot. You know, we're intercutting, of course, as we return from the act break. Close up on Henry, reaction shot from Sousa and uh, at Carter, back and forth, back and forth. Each time he's a bit more icy, he's a bit more icy. And he's ready to stand down. But darn it, Pete, there's that other cop that just doesn't bring his radio and just happens to, you know, shoot uh detective henry here i immediately in my notes said all that cop brought was the hand of the writer shame writers shame 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 seems like a weak point but i think we'll return to it soon but henry's over with yeah in a million pieces pete but picking up the pieces on the east coast uh we're back there where unnamed fbi guy tells thompson that the ssr was a wartime dinosaur that's being phased out pete that can't be true can it it can't, and that he knew Jack's father and is, uh, you know, wouldn't steer him wrong because nobody who would steer you wrong would ever tell you, I'm not going to steer you wrong. Talking about the irrelevancy of the SSR, that he could be a current muckety muck of the next big, big thing. Thompson, of course, wants to be in the muck. But this uh, Dottie Underwood, she's attempted to steal for some powerful people. And uh, Kurt Wood Smith's character is adamant he wants to see Thompson's next position be something that befits his pretty face. And Kurt Wood Smith, a professional's professional, the way he says that, it'll suit your pretty face. There's just that slight pause there that mm -hmm. I read whether it was scripted or not, I just read it as Kurtwood Smith in a somewhat minor role in a limited series show, nonetheless saying, what's this character's take on somebody like Thompson? I'm going to throw out that slightest little suggestion here. You know, you're a pretty boy or, or whatever further suggestion there might be. Just a little, a little oomph there. I just read it again as the actor did this because he thought this character through because he's a pro. Back on the West Coast, Dr. Wilkes is explaining that it was the contaminated blood for the coroner and for Detective Henry. Uh, he also thanks Peggy for saving his life. There's discussion of possible dinner and dancing, but uh, she says he's very brave, but she has a policy to not socialize with persons of interest. But Pete, at least she's interested in what I thought was a uh, a good little retort there from from Doctor Wilkes. Elsewhere, Pete, goofy cop pulls up to <laughs> Senator Chadwick. He's not a goofy cop. Whoa, He's whoa, whoa, whoa. presumptive Senator Chadwick. Pardon me. Yes, yes, he ain't yes. been elected to fictional office just yet. Let's not put him there. I, I apologize, Senate candidate Chadwick. Um, is giving him money and uh, goofy cop takes his money because he's cleaned up the situation. He pulls away. Nice reveal there. Who's been lurking in the shadows of the car. It's Whitney Frost. Wait a minute, Pete Frost in this, this icy themed episode. She is in the car too. Mystery abound. Evil abounds. Yeah. Discussion of dirty hands. And before you can say lady Macbeth, we find out who's calling the shots. Certainly girl power, whether it's good power or bad power, but back at the LAHQ, 
Peggy asks Sousa out for a drink and he declines. Why? Well, Peggy spies on him because, uh, you know, she's up top and she's looking out the window. He's got himself a, ca- a, a gal. Pete, has that ship sailed or are we on a romance triangle here? Just have to wait and see. Jarvis, of course, pulls up and is able to see her through the blinds. Hey, I'm parked down here. He is. The two of them are wonderful together. And it's a credit to the show that they they increase their, their mutual screen time. But Pete, elsewhere, because we're wrapping up, it's the last little bit. So, of course, we need to end with some kind of hooky thing for the future, technical term. Wilkes is in the creepy green and purple Joker-esque basement. And uh, there are these strange sounds. And Pete, is that monolith goo? Uh, I've looked a lot like Gravitonium, too. Kind of recycling the idea, I think, of some effects. And again, otherworldly or extra dimensional ideas here. Swirly black stuff inside the container. What lunkheads deserve some time in the joint? This list of baddies will tell us just that, Pete. Let's start with Dottie. So glad to see A, the actress back, B, the character back, and C, them doing something with her up front. Um, I don't yes. know. I don't know to what degree she's going to play a role in in this season's ongoing story. Uh, it could go either way, and I think you know we're happy to have her back. You know. Goodbye, Angie. Um, but as for Dottie, great to have her back. And I just like that we get that continuation from last season immediately. Well, don't give up on Angie just yet, Matt. But to get Bridget Regan with everything she's got going on right now back for this show, again, only deepens the bench. And to throw her right at us from the start and to involve her in this bi-coastal mystery in terms of the pin and whatever heist she was a part of certainly thickens the plot. Who's next on the list of baddies? How about Calvin Chadwick? Excellent casting job. The face is familiar, although I couldn't tell you from what. Ram? Ah, Yes. But he's he's just wonderful. You buy him as this, you know, industrialist, borderline scientist, plus, you know, glad-handing politician, plus whatever we're going to find out about him in the next episode that uh, might have him even deeper ensconced with uh, some other bad guys. I like that initially... He seems to, you know, be a hands-on guy. And then what do you know? We get that reversal, which I think the Marvel Universe handles particularly well. Matt, Detective Andrew Henry. This was a surprise to me that that they made him a bad guy. Um, and and I, I make no apologies. I think it was a well-hidden... Um, well-hidden series of things which led to the reveal of him being, uh, shall we say, the man of ice. Um, there was enough that stuck out where it's like, boy, he sure is sweaty a lot. Or, oh, hey, they mentioned only the police uh, knows about know about the shoes, but they did it in a way where, you know, it's directed away from the police and away from him. So uh, I am surprised that he did not make it out of the episode. Agent Carter seems to like its heel cops up front. We had Krasminski last year, uh, albeit cast a little bit more tragically given what went on with him. But 
you know, early on the, the face of sexism, if you will. And this guy really kind of your LA version of that, a dirty cop and, uh, you know, using details from a previous investigation to mask what it is he's up to. Speaking of masks, Matt, how about that Whitney Frost? Indeed, we, we, you know, we know a bit about the comic character and where that might be headed. Uh, no damage to her pretty face in this episode, though I suppose time will tell. Um, for some reason, there's something with the character... For me, the character is clicking 90%, and I don't know if the other 10% just needs to kind of fall into place or if it's just me. I know there were a couple of scenes in this episode where it seemed like she was dubbed over, um, but certainly a nice start to the character. Um, no no question that we're headed for you know 10 episodes of mystery and adventure with her. Whenever it, again, just a lovely addition to this roster, I mean, Matt... Haley Atwell and now uh, Lottie Verbeek as Anna Jarvis throw Win Everett in there Bridget Regan okay I mean is it any wonder we couldn't fit uh, um, Angie Martinelli beloved beloved waitress and future actress question mark I guess not yeah I mean this show's got it in spades and the girl power isn't just reserved for the titular character certainly the best win in a comic-based network tv show that's out there classified top secret holy mackerel time to take a gander at what the g-men don't want you to know where are we starting pete how about dotty and this pin matt Looked a lot like the logo from the Pathfinder project on Agents of Shield. I, I, I can't uh, help but say, of course, we've seen the second episode already. That's how it was uh, released here in these United States. That said, just looking at this episode, uh, you have to wonder. I mean, they don't give a, a super close up on the pin. I mean, it's close enough. Close enough, but. You have to wonder after speculation that last season, you know, is it just going to be kind of a a hand in glove Hydra thing that's speaking to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. much the way the the, the Carter portions of uh, the two S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes she was in did. And then that was not the case. Are we perhaps headed back to some familiar territory? I vote at this early stage. Yes. How about uh, this history, Matt, which we've not seen, of course, but, uh, you know, found a little bit between Agent Carter and now SSR West Chief Sousa. I like the character notion that the two of them in a, in a new world, a post-World War uh, America, tried to make it work under the old rules and what are the old rules are they the pre-war gender rules are they the post-war gender rules you know where where she had this elevated position during the war um is it back to hearth and home for her and to me it's very logical that these two professional people would have this history of the the 10 months or so since we've last uh, been with them where it just didn't work out uh i kind of like the i like the sad notes from that there was such a nice, sympathetic connection that they had, uh, Sousa with the handicap 
Carter with the figurative handicap in that world's view as a woman and how they came together. It's natural that off screen here, the sparks flew. Peggy, you know, still trying to work past uh, Steve Rogers memory. But, uh, you know, just the, the sadness here and, and to see at the end of this episode, at least, that Sousa's moved on, the sadness goes back to Peggy. I feel glad for him. He is he, he's such a good guy. He's a I wouldn't even say a man's man. He's just a good guy. And I'm glad to see that he's found happiness on the West Coast. Lastly, Matt, from me, what's up with Kurtwood Smith's character and Thompson trying to get him to the the FBI guy here, trying to get the SSR guy to to give it up and to move on? I can't help but dislike Thompson for how he was uh, presented as a character. I'm not blaming the writers. I'm just saying he was... You know, he was an ass at the end of last season where he could have shared credit but did not. And we are meant to dislike him for that. Um, seeing how this episode was structured, that we're obviously moving to the West Coast, that that much has been, you know, uh, shouted from the top of the mountain or, or the Hollywood Hills, if you will. Um, it would have been so easy to simply write him out or bring him back in one episode Um he seemed to not fit perfectly in the narrative of this episode, but clearly we're looking at a 10 episode narrative and I'm fascinated to see where they go with this guy who they must know we dislike. Long distance. In this new season, we want you to flap your lips, write a telegram, or even send us a, the Twitter Pete. We certainly had some great conversations with people tonight on Twitter, but uh, let's, let's take the longer look here. How could people be in touch? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 6,939 followers, can't be wrong. And while I am personally on the Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the radio program by being in touch with Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH. There are plenty of ways to do so. You can send an electronic letter to us on the Gmail, post a note on the dot com, or tweet us your telegraphs on the Twitter. Don't forget, Fantastic Geek is the way to go. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with the PH all one word. The way it works is you like us and you will like what you get with us. With that, I'll say goodbye, good night, good luck, one and all. Pete, with what wacky words will you close tonight? We'll be in touch.